Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. The Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? Alright, let's go ahead and have another word of prayer here. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, again, Lord, as we look into, yet again tonight, this matter of the Hebrew Roots Doctrine, Pray, Lord God, that you would help us all, dear Lord God, to maintain, Lord God, these things that we're learning, Lord God, in our spirit, Lord, to ponder them in our hearts, Lord God, and Lord, to be all more prepared, dear God, to give an answer for the hope of life within us, Lord God, with meekness and fear, Lord, and uh, Lord, to expose, dear God, uh, yet another doctrine of Antichrist, Lord God, uh, which ultimately, Lord God, these sources, dear Lord God, are clearly, clearly Antichrist, Lord which the Hebrew Roots Movement pride itself on, as we're going to see here yet again tonight. We ask you, Lord God, to be glorified now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Third, excuse me, Second John. Second John, starting in verse 7 through verse 11. For many deceivers are entered into the world, Confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. You so transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. If it abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. There come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not unto your house, and you have been in God's speed. He that biddeth in God's speed is partaker of his evil deed. All right. Continuing here. At blessedquietness.com. That's www.blessed. B-L-E-S-S-E-D. Quietness. Q-U-I-E-T-N-E-S-S.com. We are looking here. To embrace Hebrew roots, chapter 4 by Victoria or Vicki Dillon. Victoria, Vicki Dillon, starts off here in chapter 4 to embrace Hebrew roots. The Talmud, Demons and Magic. Now, in uh, our past lesson, we reiterated or went over once again uh, the history behind the Talmud. We're not going to go there again tonight. But the Talmud, Victoria Dillon writes, the Talmud, Demons and Magic. Psalm 1-2, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his right is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. In order to fully understand what the Talmud sages believe and teach in their expansive, sacred Jewish books, we need to examine the information written therein and weigh it with the Word of God, investigating the Hebrew roots movement, which promotes the study of the writings of the Talmud, Midrash, and Mishnah, we find the common thread of Jewish mysticism. Uh, again, we went over the Midrash, the Mishnah, and the history behind those as well in our past lesson. Tori Dillon has here the well-respected on the Kabbalah and its symbolism by Gershon Schulen gives some insight into the subliminal 
process through which mystics. All religions use scripture to justify their aberrant exegesis of scripture. There's a quote here. Not my intention to discuss the mystical exegesis in its concrete application to the Bible. Vast numbers of books have been written by Jewish mystics, attempting to find their own ideas in or read them into the biblical text. Many productive minds among the Kabbalists found this a congenial way of expressing their own ideas while making them seem to flow from the words of the Bible. It is not always easy in a given case to determine whether the biblical text inspired the exegesis or whether the exegesis was a deliberate device calculated to bring the gap between the old and the new vision by reading completely new ideas in the text. This perhaps take too rationalistic a view of what goes on in the mind of a mystic. Actually, the thought process of mystics are largely unconscious and they may be quite unaware of the clash between old and new, which is of such passionate interest to the historian. They are thoroughly steeped in the religious tradition in which they have grown up in many notions, which strike a modern reader as fantastic distortions of the text, spring from the conception of Scripture, which to the mystic is perfectly natural. One thing can be said with certainty about Kabbalists is this. They are, and do their best to remain, traditionalists, as is indicated by the very word Kabbalah, which is one of the Hebrew words for tradition. And if I myself might interject here and just say uh, that if mystics like to take and, and read their own ideas and philosophies into the scriptures, well, talk about the nature of simple man. It's the nature of simple man to do just that. So by nature, all sinners are mystics. With all sinners by nature love to read what the Bible condemns as their private interpretation into the scriptures. The Victoria goes on here. Some will argue that mysticism is far removed from the Judaic writings. Hebrew roots leaders advocating the study of the Mishnah or Midrash will most likely not provide critical information on occultism so that we might compare. However, history reveals that mysticism has had a profound influence in Judaism it must be chiefly conveyed in the sacred writings. There's another quote here. Mysticism and mystical experiences have been a part of Judaism since the earliest days. The Torah contains many stories of mystical experiences from visitations by angels, prophetic dreams, and visions. The Talmud considers the existence of the soul when it becomes and when it becomes attached to the body. Jewish tradition tells that the souls of all Jews were in existence at the time of the giving of the Torah and were present at the time and agreed to the covenant. So, if I might again interject here and just say that we see from this quote here that Victoria Dillon herself has here that these Jewish in their mystical minds actually believe that all Jews were in existence at the time of the giving of the Torah and were present at the time and agree to the covenant. Hence, uh, they basically believe, these, these Jewish mystical minds, in the pre-existence of the souls. There's no quote here. The sacred book of the Jews shows that the rabbis who contributed to the Talmud did not maintain pure biblical teaching. Again, the Talmud, 
prophet of the Jewish Babylonian captivity. The rabbis of the Talmud speculated on these mysteries. Another quote here. The rabbis of the Talmud speculated on these mysteries. Particularly what they were commenting on Genesis and the visions of Ezekiel. The speculations were later embroidered by new ideas that entered Jewish thought from the Syriac Greek, the Zoroastrian Babylonians, and the Gnostic sect of the Byzantium Christians. From these four domestic concepts and myths, the Jews wove into their mysticism ideas of upper and nether worlds, angels and demons, ghosts and spirits, ideas that had been unknown or of little importance to the Jews until then. We find that even the renowned V. Ben Mordecai teaches Jewish mysticism, Victoria mentions here. An email from James Trim of SANJ announced Torah talk featuring Avi Ben Mordecai who planned to teach Genesis from an esoteric or mystical point of view. There's a quote. We are going to be addressing Genesis chapter 1 in relation to the creation story. We will also get an introduction into what is called by the Jewish mystic in soul and nothingness Concepts taught by Paul in Colossians 1.15 and by Yohanan in the book of Yohanan 1, 1 through 3, verses 1 through 3. As part of our program for January 16th, 1999, on Torah Talk, as we unveil the creation story at its scientific and mystical levels, quote-unquote. email, this quote from this email by James Trim, he says, let's look at this here quick, he says, you'll also get an introduction into what is called by the Jewish mystic, I didn't saw in nothingness, concepts taught by Paul in Colossians 115? Okay, I gotta see this. Colossians 115. Now one thing we know for sure, the Apostle Paul, he abided in the doctrine of Christ. So I guarantee you right now, if I'm going to side with one or the other, I'm going to side with the Apostle Paul over James Trim any day. Yeah, According to this, James Trim, Colossians 1.15, teaches this, this concept called by the Jewish mystics, and salt and nothingness. Well, it says, who is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature? So there's obviously a spirit of Antichrist working through this man implying that Jesus Christ being the image of the invisible God, the first part of every creature, is nothingness. Talk about Antichrist. And by Yohanan, 1, 1 through 3, I'm assuming he means St. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's going to call that nothingness. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Obviously, comparing Colossians 115 with St. John 1, 1 through 3. He's talking about St. John 1, 1 through 3. So again, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Again, is he ever so subtly implying that Jesus Christ, the Word, in the image of the invisible God, is nothingness? He says, 
Again, this quote, this is part of our program for January 16, 1999 on Torah Talk as we unveil the creation story at its finest and mystical levels. So here it goes on. Einsoff is the theosophical designation of a god of infinity who is primordial nothingness. There you have it. And the annihilation of thought, according to the essential Kabbalah, of Ian C. Matt, America's foremost poet, laureate of Kabbalah, suggests indeed. As I said, this James Trim was indeed implying that Jesus Christ is the, the image of the invisible God. Word is nothingness. That's exactly what he was implying. Again, Ein Salt is the theosophical designation of a God of infinity who is primordial nothingness and the annihilation of thought, according to the essential Kabbalah by Daniel C. Matt, America's foremost poet laureate of Kabbalah. Again, the Kabbalah is nothing but, but basically a book of Jewish witchcraft. Yeah. Another quote. The first Sephiroth, emanation of Ein Sof. Again, Ein Sof, nothingness. It's sometimes referred to as Ein, nothingness, in a primal state. God is a differentiated being, neither this nor that. No nothingness. In the depth. Abida, second step, lies Hukma, wisdom. The mystic is nourished from this sphere, profound and primal. It cannot be known consciously, only absorbed. In the words of Isaac the Blind, one of the earliest Kabbalists of Proverbs, the inner subtle essences can be contemplated only by sucking, not by knowing. Beyond Hukma is the nothingness of Keter, the annihilation of thought. And this ultimate step for human consciousness expands, dissolving into infinity. Scripture tells us, Victoria goes on here, Scripture tells us that God is approachable and knowable through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 through 7, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Victoria goes on. Talbot magic. Talbot encompasses specific teachings involving demonology, legends, and myths. Regarding demonology in Europe, author and historian Nesta Webster shows the preoccupation of the Talmudic rabbis with demons. Before I read this quote, let me just remind you that in the last lesson, we looked at the accusation that the Pharisees, scribes, made against Jesus that he had cast out devils by the power of Beelzebub, the birth of devils. And we linked that very clearly to the Talmudic influence upon even the scribes and the Pharisees of Jesus' day. But again, here's this quote that Victoria has. During the during this Nesta Webster, this quote by Nesta Webster, showing the preoccupation of Talmud rabbis with demons. Quote, unquote, Demonology in Europe was essentially a Jewish science. Thus the Talmud said, if I could perceive the demons, the people of the universe, existence would be impossible. The demons are more numerous than we are. They surround us on all sides by trenches, dug round vineyards. 
Every one of us, a thousand on his left hand and ten thousand on his right. This discomfort, endured by those who attend rabbinical conferences, comes from the demons, mingling with men in these circumstances. Besides, the fatigue one feels in one's knees in walking comes from the demons that one locks up against at every step. If the clothing of the rabbis wears out so quickly, it is again because the demons rub up against them. Whoever wants to convince himself of their presence and only to surround his bed with sifted cinders, and the next morning he will see the imprints of cock's feet. And if I could just interject and say, if you thought charismatics were obsessed with demons, you talk about obsessed. The Talmud's teachings are entwined with magical practices and superstition. The same treatise, another quote here, Victoria has quote unquote. Same trees goes on to give directions for seeing demons by burning portions of a black cat and placing the ashes in one's eye. That if one, one perceives the demon, the Talmud treaties home also explains that devils particularly inhabit the water spouts on houses and are fond of drinking out of water jugs. Therefore, it is advisable to pour a little water out of the jug before drinking so as to get rid of the unclean part. You thought Muhammad and the Adib was bad. I don't know if you're not familiar with all you are with Muhammad and the Adib. Muhammad and the Adib said it's a pretty ridiculous thing. This is pretty ridiculous, too. This is right up there. Another section, you talk about superstitions. Another section of the Babylonian Talmud provides these warnings about demons, sex, and get this, and epileptic children. Getting 78, rabbis taught, for coming from a privy outdoor toilet. A man should not have sexual intercourse until he has waited long enough to walk half a mile because the demon of the privy is with him for that time. If he does, his children will be epileptic. Yeah. Well, it's laughable. Talk about deception. I guess the only way I can say it is so stupid, it's funny, but again, it's also this major, major deception. In that, case, in that sense, you know, we can't really laugh about it, but you know what I mean. Recognized as pro-Semite writer, L. Strat. Quoted from his book, The Jews and Human Sacrifice, quote unquote, a strongly pro Semite, pro Jew, writer, quotes a number of Jewish medical writings of the 18th century, who published as late as the end of the 19th, which show the persistence of these magical formula among the Jews as follows Recolepsy, kill a cock, and let it putrefy. In order to protect yourself from all evils, gird yourself with the rope with which a criminal has been hung. Fox's blood and wolf's blood are good for stone in the bladder. Ram's blood for colic. Weasel blood for structure. Etc. These be externally applied. Well, comparison to Muhammad and Deep, what can I say? At least we're not telling you it's good to drink camels, you know. An article on the Teutonic magic by M. Housing in Hastings Encyclopedia. This is a picking now, just uh, setting the stage here for another quote. An article on Teutonic magic by M. Housing, Hastings Encyclopedia on Religion and Ethics, provides some insight on past Jewish magical practices in the Talmud. Quote, unquote, the article on magic in Hastings Encyclopedia goes on to say that the magical formula handed down in Latin in ancient medical writings and used by monks were mainly of Eastern origin, derived from the Babylonian Egyptian Jewish magic. Another quote, quote, unquote, we turn to the Talmud, backstabbing. We shall find cures recommended. For example, the eggs of a grasshopper is a remedy. 
The tooth of a fox as a remedy for sleep. The tooth of a live fox to prevent sleep. And of a dead one to cause sleep. The nail from the gallows where a man was hanged as a remedy for swelling. In the Babylonian Talmud, look at directions for superstitious and occultic practices, Victoria states. Quote, unquote, Edict 69A, the human flesh that you should take the dust that lies in the shadow of an outdoor door toilet mixed with honey and eat it. You're getting kind of close there. Can't eat and drink in Campbell's urine. It's not quite as bad. Edict 69B, to heal the disease of pleurisy, Qatar, a Jew should take the excrement of a white dog and knead it with balsam. If he can possibly avoid it, he should not eat the dog's excrement as it loosens the limbs. Galatians 5, 20, 21 states, Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresy, enemies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. For he goes on, the talent is steeped in superstition, and a cult lore, it should be no surprise to us that those propagating its use will also be promoting a cult superstition. Peter might just post it in email with a list of recommended books deemed necessary in order to study under him, and this book list includes the Talmud. And there's also a note here by the editor of Blessed Quietness Journal, in which the editor of Blessed Quiet Journalist, or Journal, Blessed Quietness Journal, said of this man, Peter Michael. Lycus has been threatening litigation in email, which of course is not binding since email can be counterfeited, in which he tries to stop the foreign letter from being examined. The authors of these articles claim Lycus sent the letter. And all I can say on that note is, well, how do you expect the devil to respond when he's exposed? In a message dated January 23rd, 1999, Mountain Standard Time, this, Peter Lycus, uh, writes, quote-unquote, the origination of this letter is unknown, but it brings good luck to everyone who passes it on. Just forward it to five of your friends to whom you wish good luck. You will see something good happens to you four minutes from now if the chain is not broken. You will receive good luck in four minutes, quote-unquote. And if I might just interject and say, yeah, he's right up there with Benny Hinn saying, just touch the TV and you'll get healed. Editor Blessed Quietness Journal might just now deny this, but the letter was sent. He needs to tell us who sent it. Was a hacker using his email program? Answers to this, instead of the SOP threats he now breathes out, would be welcome. All I can say is Peter Mitchell, superstitious man, superstitious man. This is from a leader who is being esteemed to lead the flock of Jesus Christ to understand truth and become holy. Nowhere could such a president be found in Scripture of a man of God indulging in superstition and coarse jesting. On the contrary, we read Ephesians 5, verses 3 and 4. Fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saved. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Philippians 4, 8 tells us where our focus should be. Finally, brother, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are good report? There be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Scripture reminds us in Matthew 12, 37, 
by thy word thou shalt be justified, and by thy word thou shalt be condemned. What a person says, promotes, and calls good is a clear indication of their character. We are admonished to be holy. First Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. As obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lusts of your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy. In all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Story goes on here. Tablet demonology. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 12. King James Bible reads, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consultant with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. All do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Uh, the Talmud obviously has much in it that would not be acceptable for those who really believe the Word of God. The issue of demonology and related topics in the Talmud crosses over into Kabbalistic teaching. The Jewish Kabbalistic beliefs about demons are found in one of its main books, the Zohar. Again, the Zohar, one of the main books of the Jewish Kabbalah movement. Victoria, uh, Victoria says here that future sections of this series will discuss the Kabbalah and its influence on Judaism and the Talmud. The respected Jewish scholar, Gershom Sholem, provides this educational demons according to the Talmud and the transition of Talmudic demonology to the Zohar. Quote, unquote, according to Talmudic tradition, demons are spirits made in the Friday evening twilight who, because the Sabbath has intervened, have received no bodies. From this later, authorities drew the inference, which is perhaps implicit in the Talmudic sources, that the demons have been looking for bodies ever since, and that this is why they attached themselves to men. This entered into a combination with another idea. After the murder of Abel by his brother, Adam decided to have no further dealings with his wife. Thereupon, female demons, Sakubi, came to him and was conceived by him from this union, in which Adam's generative power was misused and misdirected to a variety of demons who were called Nikbiyat Adam. Spirits of harm come from man. Practices are systemized in the Zohar, which develops the myth that Lilith, queen of the demons, and the demons of her retinue, do their best to provoke men to sexual acts without benefit of woman. Their aim being to make themselves bodies from the lost seed. In his article on Jewish magic, M. Gaster states, quote unquote, these ideas, countless demonology, received a fresh impetus from the publication of the Zohar, which a Jewish writer tells us from the 14th century of almost unbroken sway over the minds of the majority of Jews. In it, the Talmudic legends concerning the existence and activity of the Shechem demons are repeated and amplified, and a hierarchy of demons was established corresponding to the heavenly hierarchy. But that's Ben Israel's Yishmak Chaim is full of information concerning belief in demons. Further inference to the Zohar teachings reveals that men and women have sex with demons during their sleep. I told you. These Zohar treaties bear a shift only of 54B where it is said that all men are visited in their sleep by female devils. These demons never appear under any other form that of human beings, but they have no hair in their heads. 
In the same way as to men, male devils appear in dreams to women with whom they have intercourse. We find further correspondence between Talbot and Kabbalistic sources concerning demons and the Sakobi mentioned above. These unholy unions are found in historical accounts of witches' confession. The witch cult in Western Europe, historic David McGee in France, and in Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion and Ethics, article on Jewish magic by M. Gaster. Quote, unquote, the vile confessions made by both Scottish and French peasant women accused of witchcraft concerning the nocturnal business paid them by male devils find an exact counterpart in passages of the Kabbalah where it is said that the demons are both male and female, and they both endeavor to consort human beings, the conception from which arises the belief that it can be in scope. Typically, we know that to embrace sorcery or witchcraft, and such as an abomination before God, despite Old Testament warnings, the child provide superstitious solutions for protecting oneself from the onslaught of demonic attack and disease, as seen, for example, in treaties miracles. Quote, unquote, Talbot also gives directions on the manner of guarding against occult powers and the onslaught of disease. The track Pesken declares that men, or that he who stands naked before a candle is liable to be seized with epilepsy. The same track also states that a man should not go out alone on the night following the fourth day or on the night following the Sabbath, because an evil spirit called Agraf, the daughter of Mela, together with 180,000 other evil spirits, go forth into the world and have the right to injure anyone they would chance to meet, quote-unquote. I think we're going to conclude there for the night. And just to give you an idea, I'm just going to give you a little preview of what's coming next week. Next week we're going to look at the Talmudic myth of Lilith. We're also going to look at the Talmudic myth in the NIV, New International Version. If that don't get your uh, curiosity, uh, Talmudic bestiality. Not glass and a graph. We're also going to look at the Midrash, Lilith in creation. Oh, you Talmud mean. And Kabbalah. Get this Talmud and Kabbalah. Adam the bisexual. Ugh. Ancient wisdom. I told you you'd want to throw up. Uh, Ruth, get me the barrel. Introduction. Encyclopedia of Jewish Concepts. And then uh, that will be next week. I told you. This is, this is uh, and I'm just going to conclude real quickly again. I'm going to go back. I'm going to include real quick. And you know something? Let me just say. I got Jewish names on both sides of my family. And uh, I don't have an anti-Semitic code in me. But I'm just going to read this again. And then uh, we'll get into the invitation. Second John 7, verse 11. For many deceivers are entered into the world and confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Either the body in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the power and the Son. There come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, and receive him not into your house in the bit of Godspeed. For he that biddeth in Godspeed is partaker of the evil deeds. Now again, I got Jewish names 
On both sides of my family, I don't got an anti-Semitic bone in me. But Jewish or not, anybody who believes this stuff, let alone would even think about preaching it underneath my roof, be he Jewish, he's going to be treated like a Judas. And I don't think, I don't think God's going to fault me for that one bit. Well, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for cursed. Be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, we're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye, and believe the gospel, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, moral, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness. God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.